1: Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. Friday edition of the show today. Hopefully you guys are all ready for a great weekend ahead. Had a snowstorm here along the Wasatch Front overnight. Always an annual tradition to have a late March snowstorm or early April and we got it overnight last night, but hopefully you guys are all doing well. A lot to get to on today's show. We need to talk about BYU's final spring practice. You'll hear from Kalani Sitake here in this first segment talking about that. We also need to get some comments from BYU basketball coach Dave Rose. He was on the Zone Sports Network this morning morning. Need to get some of his comments on what the end of his tenure was like, what he expects for BYU going forward, etc. We'll get to that in the second segment and then we'll wrap up the show with the recap of what happened in BYU sports last night as well as a look ahead to the action today and tomorrow for the weekend for all the other BYU sports teams that are competing over the weekend. So there you go. That's the rundown of what we're going over today. A reminder for you guys that our this podcast is now available on the new Himalaya app. If you're looking for a new podcast catcher check out Himalaya brand new features it has a personally curated playlist where it kind of picks things that you might like based on your listening history it's a fantastic new feature so check it out and also a reminder for you when you get in your vehicle to listen to the show all you have to do is tell your smart device plug it in and tell it play podcast Locked on Cougars and that way you'll always be up to date with the latest in BYU sports all right let's get going this is Locked on Cougars for March 29th 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on this Friday edition of the show. Uh, BYU football spring ball is in the books. 15 practices come and gone. Crazy to think that we were just talking about this starting off. We had our week long preview series leading up to it, and just like that, it is done. We've officially entered the summer period uh, player run practice. Practices will take the majority of the rest of the summer and then before uh, training camps opens up late July, early August, that's when BYU coaches will be able to work one-on-one or directly with players uh, again. So big opportunity for the players over the next few months to really go out and hone their skills, work with their teammates. They'll have pretty much all of April, May, and June which a lot of guys do school in the spring term at BYU that goes through June. They'll all be on campus. Some guys will take the summer off from school but a lot uh, usually stay in town and work out with their teammates so they've got a long summer ahead of them and a lot of work to get done. Um, Some observations from practice yesterday is that you can tell BYU is excited to have a manual Supa, who we had on the podcast earlier this week. Finally, as an official addition to the roster, uh, I think that he's going to bring some good things to BYU. I had a chance to speak with BYU running backs coach AJ Stewart. He had some great comments about Emmanuel Asupa, so let's get to those right now. We'll let you kind of hear what he had to say, uh, calling a little bit of an audible. I know I teased Kalani Satake in the first part of the show, but we'll get to Kalani Satake's comments in a moment. But I want you to hear from AJ Stewart talking about Emmanuel Asupa, a guy that he recruited to and coached at Rice before Emmanuel, well, before Stewart moved on to BYU and now uh, Emmanuel Asupa following him to Provo. So here you go, A.J. Stewart with me and some of the other media members yesterday. You officially have added Emmanuel Asupa. You coached him at Rice. Now you're bringing him here. What does he bring in your mind?
2: Uh, he, he definitely brings uh, a veteran presence in our room that I think is, is needed. Uh, right now, I think he uh, has a good understanding of the game. He's a, he's a uh, Physically a really good running back. Um, he, he has tools that that fit into our system and our scheme, and I, so I think he's a, a tremendous asset. He's going to be a tremendous asset to us, and obviously he's got to come in here and put in the work. But um, the type of the kid that he is, and I, that I've known, I recruited him out of high school and coached him for three years. Uh, he'll be ready and ready to go to work as soon as he steps uh, foot on campus, and uh, he'll he'll challenge these guys daily to uh, just be at their best, um, not necessarily verbally, but uh, just with the how he approaches the game on the daily basis
1: he's a bigger bodied running back is that something you guys have kind of been looking for as a guy who can get the tough yardage i guess you could say
2: i think that's always an asset to have you know as a running in a as a running back group um not necessarily something that we were pinpointing but uh more so just his his overall skill set i think he's um he's shown flashes throughout his career that he can be a dominant running back and um he he's going to have an opportunity here to be behind a really good offensive line and a really good scheme um, with a a good supporting cast as well. And so I think uh, the opportunity is going to be uh, really good for him and uh, just look forward to getting him here and and seeing him uh, just add value to our offense.
3: Talk about the process of getting in here and mm-hmm. the discussions you had with him. I mean, BYU is a different place. Rice has, you know, it's got its own you know, uniqueness to it mm-hmm. as well. So just talk about getting him.
2: here. I think it all just came down to uh, just our relationship. You know, we, uh, like I said, I recruited him when he was 17 years old, you know, in, in high school and um, got to really be in the trenches with him early in his career where he was a young running back trying to learn how to play the position. And so uh, with that, there was some, some adversity, some adverse situations, but we all know adverse situations can either bring you closer or or, uh, make you go go apart and I think it brought us uh, really close and um, he there's a mutual respect that we've we've always had for one another because of that and um, he I I just I think that was probably uh, the big the biggest thing and um, just an opportunity for him to uh, have a great senior year um, in a system that fits his skill set and so I I think really uh, both of those things uh, together were were what led to him feeling comfortable with the decision to come here
3: you touched on this but personally you're pretty excited just to be able to have him back and be, uh, you know working with him again. yeah
2: very very much so it's a unique situation where you uh you're wearing a different logo but you're you're a uh, coat you're still coaching the same guy and 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 so uh i'm, I'm i am excited um but I'm not. I'm no more excited than, than any other guys that we have in our room. He's he's just another running back that's going to help us. And obviously we have history, but that doesn't mean that he's going to come in here day one and give anything handed. And uh, he knows me well enough to know that that's not how I roll anyway. And so I'll probably be even tougher on him than anybody else because I know what he's capable of, as well as he'll be a senior. And so his standards and his expectations are going to be really high um, as soon as he steps foot here. He's been connected with this program,
1: just in terms of trying to get him here for a while. Was there a time you felt like it might not work out?
2: I think whenever you're working through transfer situations, whether it be JUCO or grad transfers, uh, there's always going to be some some hoops that need to be jumped through to make it work. And... uh, and, and different pieces that have to fall in place, and a lot of moving bodies uh, to make things work. And so, I, I don't think it's any different from any uh, kind of transfer situation, and uh, just making sure the proper paperwork's taken care of and uh, admitted into school and stuff like that. And so, I, um, it was it was a journey. It was a it was it was a pretty good process, but um, nothing that was something that that I didn't expect.
1: There you go. AJ Stewart. Thank him for taking the time to speak with the media and you can tell he's pretty upbeat about having Emmanuel Asupa join the BYU football program. I'm excited to see what he can do when he finally gets up here. Like I said he's planning on coming to Provo immediately after graduation at Rice in early to mid-May so he should have most of the summer to get acquainted with his teammates ahead of training camp. Hopefully his teammates can get him up to speed on the playbook etc and he can kind of hit the ground running once training camp kicks off later this summer all right i promised kalani satake's comments yesterday he talked just more kind of an overview of how spring ball went i uh, had some good thoughts on the camp developing depth the two deep uh, getting guys that were with backups per se with a lot of the headliners out for spring ball getting that depth developed so here's byu head coach kalani satake speaking with the media yesterday final day officially of yeah practice. Um, how do you evaluate camp overall
4: uh really pleased with camp i mean pleased with the 15 practices that we had a really physical camp um although we didn't go as live as um as uh, we had last year you know but um but it, being able to have the quarterback go live a little bit it was good for us last week but overall oh, i thought we we took a huge step forward and know uh, getting getting where we need to be for the fall and so um i was really pleased with this practice and uh, i've been really happy with all 15 of them and Offense, defense, and special teams—we're way further ahead than we've been. And I think a lot of opportunities that we had for our young guys and our our players to, to really teach. And, and um, you know, we had a lot of peer-to-peer learning, and so that was really good for our group. And I'm just looking forward to see how this this gets us ready for the fall. But I think we're in a good spot right now, and getting ready for the uh, for the PRPs. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for these guys until we, we see them again at the end of July. Right.
3: Do you feel you're able to
1: create depth because you much your headliners were out for spring yeah
4: we were able to create a lot of competition you know what i mean and guys stepping up and and um you know i i don't know if we were over really that complicated on offense or defense um we certainly weren't in special teams but i thought that we were able to work on our, our fundamentals and technique and and uh, when you do that and keep things simple we're able to see the guys really perform well and so i think we know who we, we have going into Going into the off season, um, who we can count on to really provide some competition for, for the depth chart. Do
3: you give these guys specific like tasks and things to do in the off season
4: fall? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, there's a limit NCAA allows you with with them, but we're going to maximize as much as we can. But uh, we're asking that we're going to ask our players to do a lot and sacrifice a lot of their time, um, in, in you know, in order to get ready and to run the player run practices. And I think our guys, they kind of have an idea where we're going to be, but I think it's important for us to detail it as we go along. Um, but I think I think uh, the guys are set. I mean, I, I feel good about the with the knowledge that our players have, with the scheme on all three phases to, to, to take that next step and being able to, to run their own practices.
1: Do you have like essentially group leaders for those practices.
4: Yeah, I mean, then and we've had practice with them running our drills this uh, the spring ball and installing in meetings and all that stuff. So um, they're ready for it. You know, we will have uh, some new players joining the team and. Um, we'll have some new new people that aren't used to our, our scheme and aren't used to our teaching, and those players will have an opportunity to get them ready before we, uh, the coaches even get started in the fall.
1: We've asked you a couple times about the running game and adding a running back that you guys have had to sort of be careful about, but now you officially have a new one who's getting ready to, to graduate and come join join you guys up here.
4: What do you like about Well, Emmanuel's going to have to catch up, you know, with with learning the the offense. But um, like I said, we have a really good group of guys that are are willing to help and willing to teach. And so uh, we'll get him as soon as he graduates. And and, I'm really excited that he can come and join our group. Um, he lives this lifestyle already and I think he's going to fit in perfectly off the field and on the field with our team and our program and you know, we're, there, there's still some others that are out there that are still in the mix that we may add to the program, add, add to the roster and we'll see how that goes in the next little bit. Are report's about
1: Stacy Connor entering the transfer portal. Can uh-huh. you say anything about that?
4: Yeah, he's in the, he's in the portal and um, just really wish him the best and uh, whatever he, you know, wherever he's looking at. I think he, um, playing time is something that he really wants, and he sees that's a loaded quarterback room, you know. So um, he's a great great athlete, and I uh, wish him the best.
1: We saw a lot of work from Baylor out there today. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's kind of going back and forth, even with some, some of the limited ones in the team. Mm-hmm. What kind of strides has he made this this spring, I guess, him, him in well, particular?
4: He's a really good athlete. You know, he can run, and he's big, and he's got a big body. So um, I think um, he's been home for over a year now from his mission so I think he's feeling a lot more comfortable and um, he started to really come on strong towards the end of of spring ball and um, it's really nice having the competition having a room where the quarterbacks really work together and I've seen a lot of progress from the three guys that got the bulk of the reps this spring and uh, Baylor's being one of them
1: There you go BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Thank him for taking the time, as always, to speak to the media. And you can tell that BYU, he, he's upbeat about the guys that got time on the field to work. He said that, yeah, last year we did a lot more live work, but they kind of needed to because he was trying to recapture the heart and soul of his team. It resulted in them getting to a bowl game, winning a bowl game, rebounding from that disastrous 2017 season. And this year, I think that he realized, okay, a lot of our headliners are out. If we're just going around and banging on each other, it's not going to help anything. So they were a little smarter about when they went live. They did some live work during the spring scrimmage. They did some live work twice this week. It's kind of a lead up into the summer to get the guys used to what they were expecting. Come training camp, hopefully reinstill some things as players go out on their own and practice. And you also heard him talk about, yeah, there are group leaders. They have they have expectations of what will be done with the player run practices this spring and summer. And Here's hoping the BYU's got a handle on everything and they can hit the ground running come training camp. All right, we, of course, will talk plenty of football over the next coming weeks and, I guess, months. I've uh, got a couple of months to fill, so I've got plenty of topics, plenty of position stuff. I actually had a chance to speak with BYU offensive line coach Eric Mateos as well. You'll hear that next week. I had a great chance to talk to him about his philosophy as an offensive line coach, what he expects from his guys. It's a long form interview, but we'll play it next week. So uh, we'll shift gears here though. On the other side, talk some BYU basketball. Dave Rose spoke with David James and Patrick Kinahan on the Zone Sports Network this morning for over 27 minutes. I think was all time running. We're not going to play the whole thing. We're only going to play a portion of it. I'm probably going to do a podcast special with the full interview enclosed in it so you can hear it that way. I'll probably put that up this weekend, hopefully, or early next week. You can hear that. But we'll get to some of the comments from Dave Rose as he talks about his tenure at BYU and some of the rumors that he was forced out. He kind of addressed all of that. We'll get to that next right here on the podcast. A reminder for you guys, though, it is baseball season. Major League Baseball official opening day happened yesterday. A lot of home runs. Crazy day in baseball, but the Locked On Podcast Network has relaunched our MLB channel. Your favorite team in under 15 minutes each day, recapping everything you need to, need to know about your baseball team. I'm a Mariners fan. We're 3-0, first time in 3-0 in probably, I don't know, decades. Uh, the Mariners aren't very good. So I'm gonna celebrate them being in first place for the time being, but you can follow your favorite team on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just simply search or use your smart device to say play podcast, insert team name here. Makes it real easy. There's also the Locked On MLB show as well if you want kind of an overview of what's going on in Major League Baseball. So check that out. All right, more in a moment. This is Locked On
5: Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors.
1: Welcome back. This is Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Of course, the big news this week, Dave Rose uh, retiring from BYU basketball. A lot of people talking about it. Was he forced out, etc.? Well, he took some time to join David James and Patrick Kinahan, DJ and PK in the mornings, the show that I work on for the Zone Sports Network in my day job. And thank Coach Rose for taking the time to do that. Like I said, it's a 27 minute interview. 27-minute interview. If you want to hear the whole thing, you can go to 1280thezone.com. It's right there on the homepage. I will also put up a link to it in the show notes of this podcast, but I wanted to play a portion of it, and it was the first part of the of the interview, and uh, David and Patrick were talking with Coach Rose, just kind of about his tenure at BYU, and then PK asked him straight up, you'll hear at least the second question I play in this portion of it, about him... It's the feeling that some feel that Dave Rose was forced out. Of course, he's 23 wins shy of the all-time winningest record in BYU basketball history behind the legendary Stan Watts. You'll hear Dave Rose's answer, and I think he handles it very diplomatically. So here you go. BYU basketball, well, former BYU basketball head coach, that's, that's weird to say. Dave Rose speaking with David James and Patrick Kinahan on the Zone Sports Network.
6: A lot of things uh, have uh, been discussed with you in your departure and you were there you know I look at it really you built the program for 22 years because you and Steve Cleveland obviously brought that program into prominence and when you combine the two because you were a significant part during Steve's time you know there was a lot of great accomplishments a lot of great moments and wins and all that stuff and it seemed like with your health situation being stable that earlier you talked about how maybe you'd want to continue. And then I think Rubel did something with you that was fairly recent that you talked about continuing to coach. And so then you stop and you, you go and you, you do your retirement. And, and you told me after you retired a day or So later you said you, you, you were happy to be done. So what would be your response to where you went from maybe saying in the earlier in the year that you wanted to continue to uh the end of march now you want to be done because there's a lot of folks out there who think you were forced out
0: well you know i i I know me and i know my heart and i know uh what i could give to these players and uh i wanted to do it i wanted to keep doing it and I, i felt like what I gave my players five years ago and what I'm giving those guys right now is not the same. And its I don't think it's their fault. I don't think it's my fault. I just think it's part of, uh, you know, part of life. And um, I, I don't think that anybody can really understand what it's like be diagnosed with cancer 10 years ago, have a scan every six months, and, and talk with doctors about how you're feeling and what you want to do and what you hope to do. I'm full of a lot of hope, and and I've been blessed, and I'm a lucky guy, and I got ten years of uh, of coaching after I was diagnosed with, uh, you know, a, a, a pretty tough, um, you know, situation, and so um, I, I'll tell you this: I, I wish that I could continue on, all right? Um, but I know deep in my heart that what I'm giving these guys is not uh, what. What I have in the past and what they really need, and so for me it was easy. I um, uh, and, and when I made that decision and had a discussion with the administration, extremely nerve wracking, you know, because you know once it once kind of the cat's out of the bag, what's going to happen? And um, they're really good and really positive. And the last, you know, week and a half has been has been tremendous. And um, I haven't really spent much time thinking about. Uh, the the teams in the past but the last few days I actually have because guys have reached out to me and players have reached out to me and and uh, we had a pretty good run it, it was pretty good I, I um, I'm, it was fun and and uh, I wish I'd enjoyed it a little bit more but uh, I'll enjoy it a lot now that's for sure
3: you know you did have a uh, a pretty good run and I want to get to that but I want to follow up on what PK said I'm I'm curious when you're really... You're really into your career. You know, you're you're like us. You're, you're someone who's fortunate. You had the kind of job and career you could really love and enjoy. And I got friends in insurance and accounting, and they just don't feel the same way about their professions that we feel about ours. And, you know, it's apples and oranges. They're really different. So when you are stepping away and you still love it, does it? Does it take a nudge, whether it's Tom Homo or it's your wife? Because I kind of tried to put myself in your situation as we were getting mixed information on whether you wanted to go on and whether they wanted you to go on. And I was thinking, I can totally see myself sitting down one day and my wife just looking at me and telling me how it was. I I can totally see that day coming. And I wondered if you had a moment like that or maybe you're driving in the car by yourself and you finally get some clarity. How does that how does that play out where you separate I want to go versus I need to stop and I need to go do this?
0: Yeah, well, well, there's, uh, there's obviously time, and there's been a time a couple, two or three times, and I fought through it. I tried to explain that a little bit in in the press conference because uh, your body gets tired and, and you think, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can do this anymore. But you figure out a way. to to fight through it and get to the point, and then your mind gets tired, and you get frustrated, and you you, you think, oh, my gosh, maybe this is the time. But you fight through it because you love it and you want to keep doing it. And uh, there comes a time when you realize that uh, your body and your mind may really want to keep doing this, but inside you realize, hey, you know what, it's time. you're you're, You're not into this as much as you have been because you can't be. And that's a hard time. That's a hard place to be. And that discussion was between uh, me and my wife. And I was really um, I was just, you know, uh, really at ease when I told her that this is what I think I want to do. I don't know if we can figure it out or I don't know if we can make it work. But uh, let's let's talk about it. And once we started talking about it, it's it's all been really positive since then. And I'm, I'm excited to see what's next.
6: So you felt like you owed it to the program and the individual players to do this.
0: Well, I, I just believe that it was time for me to let somebody else take this and see what they can do. Uh, I, I wanted to finish at the top. That that was kind of my goal. I mean, I, Pat, it's it's interesting because every six months when I go in and see these doctors, these all these, and we have the scans, and I've had some procedures, I've had things done, but we talk about my mortality, okay, like how long have I got, what's going to happen, what could happen, what what, and then we drive away from the Huntsman and we. We wrap it all up and say, all right, let's go. Here we go, off for another six months. And so <laughs> that's happened to me for the last uh, 10, 10 years. I've had 20 scans, you know. Yeah. And so uh, I, uh, I that that gets into my mind a lot. And when when I'm thinking about going to have this scan next time in April and I know what these doctors are going to say to me and I know what the results of this season were, I know how hard this season was on me personally and on, on, on my wife. Uh, realize that you know what. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around here, but let's let's enjoy this another way, and let yeah. somebody else, uh, you know, have a shot at it, and um, and support them. And I, I hope that whoever the next guy is comes in here and just kills it. How the heck t- I did I did at one time, guys? Think that this this would be a good time for maybe me to get away, right? To, to get away, but I thought that. You know, if Eric Mika would have been here for two more years and this was his senior year and Eli would have been here. Uh, and I'm not a what-if guy. I'm a what-now guy, all right? And I, it just seems like I was getting way too many what-nows, all right, because things were changing so fast at, at different times in the last couple of years. But um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, really, you know, I'm really happy with where I am and where we've been and what we've done, and, and hopefully the next guy can come in and, and get some things done that I wasn't able to do.
1: Thank you to Coach Rose for taking the time to join DJ and PK in the morning. Like I said, I'll do a special edition podcast or maybe just piece it out a little bit and talk about portions of that interview because there was a lot of big topics that he covered, uh, but I wanted to kind of get that one out there to you guys. Like I said, you can hear the whole interview at 1280thezone.com or I will link it here in the show notes. You can get a link to it there. There's also the Zone Sports Network's app if you're so inclined. We talk about smart devices on this podcast. Well, the Zone's got an app that you can use to find that as well. All right. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like Dave Rose and what he had to say. He said, hey, I know myself and it was getting towards the end. So I decided I, I needed to call it quits. And you can't belabor anybody for doing that. Um, like I said, I'm not 100% convinced that it was fully Dave Rose's decision to step aside. But... He sounds very at peace with the decision, moving on, spending time with his family. He's got a lot of grandkids now. Of course, his wife has been dealing with him being a basketball coach for over 35 years, so it's been a long time coming. And my, I tip my cap to Coach Rose. I got nothing but respect for him. I thank him for all of the good times. A lot of good interviews with him over the years. He's been a great individual. He's an even better man off the court, and he's just he's one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest greatest coach in BYU basketball history. Alright, we'll play more portions of that over the coming days and weeks. We'll get a podcast special out with the whole interview as well for you. Alright, this is the Locked On Cougars podcast. We'll be back on the other side, but a reminder for you guys, if you are looking for a new podcatcher to listen to this show on or listen to other podcasts on, check out Himalaya. Fantastic new app. Got a lot of money invested in this company. They are doing a great job rolling out new features each and every day. You can follow your favorite podcast. They build personally curated uh, podcast list for you based on your listening history and you can listen to this podcast and every other Locked On Coug- Locked On Podcast, not Locked On Cougars per se, you can listen to every other Locked On Podcast. I listen to Locked On 49ers a lot as well as Locked On Jazz and I've started using Himalaya to listen to both of those and I've been very impressed with the setup. So check it out guys. More in a moment here, we'll catch up on everything that happened in BYU sports yesterday and then look ahead to the weekend ahead for BYU teams in action over the weekend
5: deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com. All
1: right, guys, as we close out this Friday edition of the podcast. Thank you guys for your continued support of the show. Our podcast numbers this week have been the biggest they've ever been in the seven month history. We've been doing this show. This is our 156th episode. So I really want to thank you guys for taking the time to download the show, to share it, to continue to spread the word. Please continue to subscribe, rate and review the show. It really does help. And the numbers this week, incidentally enough, I know it goes hand in hand with Dave Rose news, but thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your, your support of the podcast. It is an absolute honor to bring this to you guys each and every day. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. I know I say it a lot, but I really do appreciate your guys' support. Uh, let's start off with BYU Baseball. They picked up another win last night in their opener against St. Mary's. They are now 19-5 and overall on the year, 5-2 in conference play. They beat the Gales last night, 10-6, a good showing for BYU Baseball. Got a little nervy there late as St. Mary's made a little bit of a charge, but they'll be scoring off again tonight at 6 o'clock Mountain Time at Miller Park. Hopefully the snow and rain has moved away. It's fireworks and MLB opening day um, festivities, so you can watch it on the W.TV if you want to stream it online. Also broadcast on BYU Radio. Series finale will be tomorrow at 1 o'clock Mountain Time at Miller Park. They're having a Hawaiian luau, so check that out, guys. It'll be on BYU TV out at Miller Park. at games tonight and tomorrow in BYU Baseball, so go out and check that out. A couple other things for you going on in BYU sports. BYU softball was at San Antonio yesterday. Um, had a tough back to, it was a double header against UT San Antonio and coach uh, Coach Eakin was not very happy with his team. He talked a lot about um, in terms of he wants his team to play with more um, energy. He felt like his team has lost some momentum. He said they've played 29 straight games on the road. It hasn't been the Best season to this point. They're 13 and 16 overall, so three games below 500. Not ideal for BYU softball, but they have two uh, games this the rest of this weekend. Tonight it's set five o'clock Mountain Time at College Station, Texas, against Texas A&M. They'll follow it up with a game at one o'clock Mountain Time tomorrow against the Aggies as well. Before they. Get home, they still have a whole nother week on the road. It's just insane. BYU softball, it'll be almost mid April before we see them back here along the Wasatch Front. They have games at Southern Utah and Loyola Marymount next week. So, BYU softball, Road Warriors, and they've got to continue to do that going forward. Um, other sports going on right now men's volleyball last night was on the road and suffered another tough loss at Concordia Irvine. They're in Irvine, California, losing three sets to two. So, tough loss for the Cougars. They have two matches remaining. They have one tomorrow in Los Angeles against number eight ranked USC against the Trojans. It'll be broadcast on the PAC 12 network. It'll be at eight o'clock mountain time. You can watch that before they wrap up things against Grand Canyon on the road at in Phoenix, Arizona next week. So hopefully BYU volleyball can bounce back. They had a good run there just a couple of weeks ago, but now they've lost. I believe it's three straight losses. Uh, Yeah. Two straight losses going, trying to avoid a third. So Hopefully, they can figure things out and get things righted. No, I was actually right. I believe it was. Yeah, three straight losses. So tough going for BYU men's volleyball alright looking ahead BYU men's golf is off to a good start at the Goodwin at Stanford golf course Peter Quest shot two under to lead BYU men's golf on the first day of the Goodwin the tough part is he had the best round of the day and the other guys struggled among the five player team for BYU Quest was tied for fourth after the first day the next closest guy was Rhett Rasmussen at plus four so BYU is a team currently way out tied for 18th hopefully they can rally here over the final two days of the tournament. We'll have a full recap of that for you on Monday. Other sports going on, the men's NCAA championships in swimming and diving are ongoing in Austin, Texas. Best of luck to the men's teams there. Men's and women's track and field teams continue their they're competing in the Texas Relays in Austin as well. Hopefully they can show well. They're also going to be heading some, sending some teams to the UVU invite just across town in Orem, Utah as well to the Stanford Invitational in Stanford, California. So track and field all over the country this weekend. Best of luck to them. We already ran down BYU baseball and softball in action. Men's tennis is in action tomorrow at 12 o'clock Mountain Time. They're back home against the number 24 ranked Toreros. That's at the Outdoor Tennis courts at 12 o'clock mountain time. The women's tennis team is on the road in San Diego against the University of San Diego. That's at 1 o'clock mountain time tomorrow at USD's West Tennis Courts. So best of luck to the men's and women's tennis teams in action this weekend. And also the women's uh, golf team, we'll probably won't get to this before they're in action on Monday. They're actually at the Bruzzi in Argyle, Texas at Lantana Golf Club. So best of luck to them early next week in action there. So there you go. That's where you can catch BYU in action this weekend. Thanks again for your continued support of the show hope you guys all have a great weekend we'll get to more of Dave Rose's comments and Eric Mateos BYU offensive line coach with me one-on-one next week as well so a lot to look forward to next week as we kick off April thanks again for downloading the show have a great day this has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for March 29th 2019